Hello and welcome to the Miko Bits show and I'm your host Miko Bits and today we have a great show for you which is Origin Protocols co-founder Josh Fraser. So we're very excited because they've announced a pretty innovative uh, stable coin that actually allows the user to collect interest called OUSD. Uh, very excited to talk to Josh about this and other DeFi developments at Origin. So uh, important to note that this program is an opinion and entertainment show. It's not investment advice. So definitely seek a licensed professional if you want investment advice. Before we start, if you're interested in Bitcoin and blockchain, please consider clicking that subscribe button and also click the bell so you can get notifications about future videos that I might post. Thank you. Okay, without further ado, it's Josh. Hey, Miko. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great having you on the show. Long time, big fan. Obviously, full disclosure, uh, my fund, Gumi Crypto's Capital, is in fact invested in Origin Protocol. But those of you who know me know that that's not like a big way of, you know, I'm not chilling anything here. Uh, so, you know, I, I think one of the things I'd love for you to jump into is, you know, talk a little bit to me about kind of the origin story behind uh, to, to, you know, this OUSD product. I mean, it, it's it's very exciting. Sure. So we uh, started Origin in 2017, and we started with peer-to-peer -peer marketplaces. And so we launched uh, a marketplace on the Ethereum blockchain that allows people to connect uh, in a peer-to-peer -peer manner. And so we've been working on that for the last few years and, gro and growing that product. Um, and we've always had in the back of our minds, it'd be interesting to do something around the stablecoin. Um, but we never knew what we could do that would be better than the existing players uh, until recently. Um, and Tether is huge, right? There's millions and millions of people who are, yes. who's, who's, who are using Tether. It's, it's great. People, you know, cash out to Tether at the end of the day, but, you know, when they want to, when traders want to go to sleep at night. Um, but the problem with Tether is, is that it, it's just sitting there. You're you're not making any money while you're sitting in Tether. Yeah. And as we saw the explosion in DeFi this year, we realized there was this opportunity to uh, create a stablecoin that's actually more useful. That's just as easy to use for spending, just as safe to hold in your wallet. Uh, you can have self custody. You don't have to leave it locked up somewhere else. You hold OUSD in your wallet and it earns a yield for you at the same time. That's uh, and super so, exciting. Yeah, so that was a, that was a big innovation, taking you sort of a, a inspiration from multiple different places. From uh, Yearn, we saw Yearn what we were doing with the vaults. You lock your money up; it, it automates the process of yield farming. Um, we thought that was cool, but again, you have to lock your money up. So, what if you didn't have to lock your money up? What if you could actually earn a yield with it sitting right in your wallet? Uh, and for inspiration on how to do that, we looked at Ampleforth and the way they do rebasing and how you can actually uh, change the supply in, of the token and actually update balances in people's wallets. And so it's not like Ampleforth and the way the price yo yo's up and down like crazy. <laughs> yeah, rebase coins. But we can use the same technical mechanism for distributing that yield. Yeah, um, yeah. So that part, I, I, you know, listening to what you're saying, like that was the 
beating heart for me. And that's what kind of caused me to really reach out. And uh, I really want you to share this mechanism, right? Because one of the things that's so interesting is, is that, that there's a cause and an effect here, right? And the effect is, is that you're hanging out and you have a stable coin, right? But the thing that's fascinating about the stable coin is, is that the number of stable coins that you hold goes up on its own, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, uh, based on the yield, whatever yield, you know, you're able to provide, right? So the thing that's fascinating about that mechanism becomes like, how does it do that? So, so the thing that caused my light bulb to go off when I was questioning you was about kind of gas prices, right? Because obviously, if you're sending so many little microtransactions, you're going to pay infinity dollars of gas and the whole thing will fall <laughs> apart. So, so tell us about that, because that, that was the thing that made me excited. So from a user experience, it, it works similar to a savings account. Uh, when you have a savings account, the, pr- the value of a dollar doesn't change. Uh, but you have more dollars relative to the dollar. Yeah. 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 So uh, all USD works the exact same way. Right. Um, And how we're actually doing that on a, on a technical level is we're actually overriding the balance of function on ERC 20 token. And internally we're tracking uh, percentages of how much of the pool, the shared pool that each individual holds. Uh, but then we do some fancy math to calculate what that means in dollar terms. And so we can calculate the total value of the pool and then update everyone's balances. Um, and this is just when you call the balance of functions. So we're not airdropping it to everyone. We're not having to do any anything that's gas, uh, like extortionally expensive on gas. Um, but we're just changing a, a couple factors inside uh, the smart contract itself so that when people call the balance of function, it gives an updated value that represents uh, your percentage stake in the pool multiplied by the total value of the pool itself. So, so, uh, so and that I, gives you your balance. So, so this this is like uh, like black magic, right? Like you know, <laughs> it, it's it's so so the thing that is confusing to me. So so a couple of things. Okay, so so one thing is is like how. How so? So, but in terms of like the actual balance, like like for here's an example: is could you use the mechanism to decrease the amount that someone's holding? So it can actually. Um, the, the, your balance can go down, um, and so first, it's important to understand how OESD works. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, it's backed one to one with other stable coins, so you can upgrade your Tether, your USDC, or your Dai into OUSD. So you can take a boring stable coin and convert it into an interest-bearing stable coin uh, called OUSD. Uh, and you can do that on our DAP, you can buy it um, anywhere. Uh, you can buy it on Uniswap, uh, coming soon to centralized exchanges as well. Uh, and all you have to do is buy it and, and hold it and to earn that interest. What's happening behind the scenes is we're taking those stable coins that you've upgraded and um, we're deploying them into other DeFi platforms to earn a yield. So we're putting them on places like Compound or Curve. Um, you can imagine maybe we can do this on Uniswap or Aave. Um, lots of these different players in the DeFi space, we can actually put your um, capital to those stable coins to work. Um, and so because we're backed one-to-one by those other stable coins, if there's a, a collapse of any one of those coins, 
then OUSD is going to feel that as well. So you're getting a little bit of protection just from the diversified uh, basket of assets. Um, but if Tether drops to 50 cents, OUSD uh, is going to take a hit as well. Uh, and that would actually show up in the in the rebasing function. So um, that would, you know, your balance can go down. Um, the difference is it's not expected to, right? If, if all systems are operating as expected, um, your balance will only increase with the uh, interest being accrued from uh, basically three different strategies. So one is lending. So that's your compound Aave or DYDX uh, or on trading fees. Um, so that's your second method with things like Uniswap or Curve or any of the forks of, of those platforms. Uh, and then the third way is liquidating the rewards tokens. Um, and this is obviously a huge part of, of yield farming today is, you know, if you're on Uniswap, you can mine Uni. If you're on Curve, you can mine CRV. If you're on Compound, you can uh, mine the, the comp tokens. Uh, and what we're doing behind the scenes, we're actually liquidating those for you automatically uh, and then converting it back into the underlying stable coins. So say we get some comp tokens, automatically convert it back into Tether, redeploy that back into uh, another protocol to continue earning yield. And so that allows us to have, since we're, we're dealing entirely in stable assets, we don't have that risk of volatility of the price um, going, moving around too much. Wow. Does that make sense? It does. It makes a ton of sense. So I guess the question then becomes about like looking at it more from a blockchain perspective, like, you know, how, how do you deal with kind of spending, right? So, you know, the idea becomes like, let's say I want to make an on-chain exchange, right? So, you know, let's give a trivial example. Like, let's say I put in a hundred, uh, I got a hundred uh, OUSD. Right. And then over some period of time, I end up with one hundred and one. Right. Whatever period of time that would be. OK, so now if I want to spend like obviously the balance of statement will record one hundred and one. But like what happens when, in terms of reconciliation? Yeah. So when you when you send OUSD to anyone, it's just as easy as sending Tether. So gas costs are the same. Uh, it's not ex it's not expensive to send this. Um, so as a just to have a clear example, I can send you $100 of OUSD. Um, the minute it lands in your wallet, it starts earning yield. Amazing. Uh, so you'll check your wallet, uh, say a month from now, uh, and you have $101 in, in your wallet. Uh, and then you can send $20 to someone else, and the minute it hits their wallet, uh, it starts accruing yield uh, for that person. Uh, and so when you think about it, this is like a superior stablecoin both for holding and for spending um, because you don't have to pay these expensive switching costs to move back and forth between interest bearing and non-interest bearing. And it's actually a problem I, I run into in traditional finance world as well, where I always want to have like all of my money invested. I, I hate just having it sitting in Bank of America, not earning any, any interest for me. Yeah. So I always want to have my, my money at work. But then I send it off to, you know, uh, put it into equities or put it in different places. And then there's this huge cost to like unwind it all, right? Of like, you got to sell it, you got to take the tax pay, you got to wait three days for ACH to transfer it back to your account. Um, and so we're, we're sort of solving this in the crypto world. We have the same problem in crypto where it's like you want your capital to be deployed and put to work. Uh, and you also want to have it freely spendable so that you can do stuff, interesting stuff with it. Uh, and OUSD removes that switching cost. You don't have to pay $100 of 
of gas fees to enter and then exit this pool, you just hold it, spend it, use it. Um, and we think that's a, a pretty novel breakthrough um, in the space. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's <clears throat> beautiful. I think that from a kind of user experience perspective, you've solved some really interesting problems, you know, and I think uh, it's it's fairly exciting. It's an exciting development. Uh, I guess the thing that kind of this really causes me to think about, though, is like at some level, the thing that's fascinating is is that from a yield perspective, like this is really uh, impactful to things like Tether, right? So ideally, you know, and, and things like uh, USDC, right? So ideally, like the thing that happens that's fascinating is is that, you know, y- people who are operating those things should come towards uh, OUSD seeking yield, right? So I, in, a, in a sense, like, you know, th- this I, this may be the, the wrong terminology to use, but like, in a sense, there's sort of a vampirism, right? In a sense, you're basically saying, well, here are the old tokens where there's no uh, appreciable benefit or reward, and now we're just providing the same functionality, only there is a, a benefit or a reward. So how, how do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. We, we talk about it as upgrading your stable coins, and nice. that's really how we how we think about it. Um, but you're right. I mean, we're, uh, these other stable coins are far ahead of us on both uh, integrations and, and just brand and, and uh, they're accepted everywhere. Uh, and so we have a lot of work ahead of us, uh, no question, for us to um, be able to go get all those same ex- integrations with all the different wallets, all the different exchanges, all the different custody providers, um, because we really want to make Origin Dollar ubiquitous. It needs to be as easy to transact with as Tether. Uh, and so we've, we've got a, a lot of work ahead of us, but um, that's, our, that's our vision, is like we want to be accepted everywhere uh, that these other stablecoins are. Um, and we think is is really compelling for um, for everyone who's in crypto and also people out, outside of crypto too. Like, look at the interest rates you can get in a traditional finance account. Uh, it's like zero point two, or if you're lucky, right? I mean, it's, it's nothing. Um, and uh, so we, we think this could be really interesting for people who are just getting crypto as well, uh, and people who are, who are sort of comparing the rates to traditional finance. Um, there's huge opportunities here in, in DeFi. So uh, here's a question is, are you are you considering <clears throat> adding potentially an additional mechanism? Because uh, here, here's my thought process. My thought process around this is, is that uh, one of the things in DeFi that really causes engagement is mechanism discovery. Right. And, and, you know, what happens with with this, you know, and uh, thinking about it from the perspective of engagement is kind of more of a gamification mindset. But like the thing that I'm kind of thinking is this. Right. Which is that you've elucidated like a very powerful mechanism, you know, essentially cribbing from this balance update mechanism in Ampleforth. So the thing that, that kind of raises the question would be, you know. Uh, given that there are a number of ERC-20 based stable coins, you know, they could potentially implement something similar, right? Uh, obviously, it would change the fundamental nature of their product. So it would, you know, as a diversified financial service, it might be ill-advised for them. But, but you know, they could, they could launch a parallel product, right? So for example, like USDC could launch something like USDI, you know, and say there's interest or something like that. So I guess my question would be, you know, like what's typical in DeFi, you know, are, are the things like the invention of like C tokens or the invention of like additional mechanisms. So are you kind of thinking about additional mechanisms? 
Yeah, I think we're most where we're focusing is like the adding new strategies on on different ways to put your money to work, uh, and then figuring out how what's the right risk profile for this basket of assets. Uh, it's really important to us that OUSD is a fungible token. We don't want to have um, multiple tokens. You have to choose between, you know, here's of a low risk origin dollar and here's high risk origin dollar here's medium risk origin dollar here's <laughs> ball or bat pool like we don't want any of that, you need right? you need you need an OOUSD. <laughs> <laughs> sorry we, yeah we just want to keep it simple right make it really really easy and an XOUSD. Uh, and XOU. well so i think well, well someday we want to do like uh euros and yen and and these other currencies yeah, that's nice uh that that makes a lot of sense um but what this means is that like we have all these different strategies on how we can put your your money to work uh and each of these different strategies comes with different risks um both smart contract risk um counterparty risk uh, system risk um and so we need to figure out the best way to to manage that um for the holders of this of this coin uh and so of course uh, that leads to governance and how to what's the appropriate way for the actual holders of this token to actually be involved in that decision, actually decide for themselves what kind of risk profile do they want? Do they yeah, want or dollar? I'm super excited about that. I, I was actually going to go there, which is which is like, how do you see the future of governance of OUSD, right? Because obviously, to me, the thing that's really interesting about this is is that you know there isn't an FDIC, so like in some sense, like you're talking about something where there's sort of a management, right? Which is that you're effectively managing the assets and providing yield that way, right? Now, obviously you're doing it through fairly stable, well-respected mechanisms in DeFi, but like it's still, uh, you know, has a quality of being DeFi and, and you know, therefore somewhat speculative. So I guess my question would be like, what's your vision for the, are you envisioning a future decentralized OUSD mechanism? And if so, will there be a governance token or, you know, how do you see the governance mechanism? Yeah, and, and, so, and so to be clear, you know, today we're not managing it. Uh, it's it's we, we wrote some code uh, and then the, everything is governed by the smart contract itself. Uh, so we're not making any sort of management decisions. We're not taking custody of the funds. Uh, all of this is being handled in the smart contract itself. We write the code, we deploy the contracts, um, but then the contracts, you know, execute the, the plan uh, for how that um, Hubble's assets are, are allocated. Got it. Um, it. You know, over time, we want to hand over even more responsibility to the community uh, and have them adding new strategies and then deciding how much risk uh, they're comfortable with. Do we chase the highest yield opportunities? Do we make this a super safe, boring type stable coin? Uh, is it something in between? Uh, and that's something that we want our holders to decide. Right. What is the what is the most interesting risk profile for this, um, and that's something that decentralized governance is is something we're moving towards. We have a lot of the sort of the architecture in place uh, to make that possible. Um, and so today we have uh, a five of eight multisig, which is the owner of the contracts. In front of that, we have a time lock. Um, so that way, people even in this period where um, we are deploying the contracts and having a little bit more control over it um, while we're still testing and, and making sure everything works as intended. Um, but even in that time, you have that time lock. So you can see we've queued up an action, but it won't actually take effect for 
uh, it's going to be 48 hours once we uh, update the time lock. And so you have two days to get your money out if we do anything that you don't like. Uh, and so that's really important is that even in this in this period where we do have more control, you still have we still have full transparency and you have that time um, to to opt out if you see anything uh, that you don't like. Going forward, we want to hand this over to the community and have a community um, make, you know, initiating proposals and actually voting on the different strategies that are employed uh, in Origin Dollar. And we're, we're looking forward to sharing a lot more details on exactly how that's going to work in, in the near future. So, so do you see OUSD as a one vote per OUSD construct or do you uh, actually see the introduction of a novel new governance token for this process um it's we'll be sharing more details about that soon we have we haven't announced exactly how that's going to work um i, I think in general the principle that's um uh, that I, you know it's it interesting just a sort of general comment uh, in in the industry is that people will are introducing these new governance tokens yes uh that um determine the, the outcomes for this pool of capital uh, and if you think about it in a, in um, like what the, the ideal scenario is, is that the the capital, the people who actually have capital in, would be making those decisions that impact their own capital, right? Not yes. some holder of some random token. Yes. Um, so that I think that's something we're we're thinking about, and like, what's the right way of designing a governance structure where you don't have this risk of someone with nothing at stake coming in, buying up a bunch of governance token um, on an exchange and then coming in and stealing this huge pool of capital that they're not a part of, right? And I think that's something I see uh, in this industry is that people are, you know, there's a disconnect between the governance token and the actual capital at stake. Uh, and I think it's something that needs to be thought through a little bit more on how you can actually have the people who are, whose capital is at stake actually participating in the governance itself. Yeah, but uh, I, one can sympathize with the emergence of these kind of arbitrary governance tokens. <clears throat> I think you could kind of launch the governance token kind of birthday to the date that Andre Kranya tweeted out that like this has no value, right? So I think that was <laughs> that was the birthday, you know. And then ever since then, like these no value governance tokens have kind of gone bananas, right? But to me, the thing that is uh, a problem is the weaponization of network effects in these early stage projects, right? So you know, someone could launch a vampiric attack against OUSD, you know. So I could launch a QUSD that's basically a clone <laughs> of everything that you're doing, uh, but but with an independent governance token that can be valued right on uniswap right so if there's price discovery on uniswap for my governance token on qusd then i'm exactly the same thing as you except for an additional yeah. reward mechanism right so then i'm i'm sushi swapping you you know like you're uniswap i'm sushi swap and i'm sure. like vampire attacking you so so that's bad right in other words like i i, I you, you have a very laudable goal but you know, because of these vampiric mechanisms, like some wag could, like myself could come along and like make a Q USD or whatever clone, vampiric clone, and, and sure, you know that, and that would be a problem. Yeah, I mean, this is this question has come up like since we first started Origin, where people are like, "All your code's open source. It takes one click to fork it. How are you going to have a moat? How are you going to um, protect yourself?" And, you know, the answer we gave back in 2017 is the same one I'll, I'll give today, which is 
you know, it takes one click to fork our repo, but we've got half a million people in our community uh, and they're a lot harder to fork. And I think we're seeing this play out with uh, some of these vampire forks that we've seen, right? With um, whether it's SushiSwap uh, forking Uniswap or Swerve forking Curve. Yes, we were um, successful in the short term of, of stealing a lot of capital, um, but it's largely gone back, right? You look at Swerve, they got to, you know, they stole a billion dollars worth of capital in there at what, 40 million or something like that today. Um, and, and so, you know, it can work for, for a period, but at the end of the day, people want to come back to uh, the team that's been working for years, that's, that's got their names out there, but it's willing to sign their work. Um, it, all things being equal, that's who you're, uh, at least who I want to trust. Uh, as someone who, who's willing to sign their name to it, um, that's actually been putting in the work for the long term. Um, I, I'm going to bet on on that team every time over, you know, some someone who's spent a week forking it and adding a, another token. I think people are starting to get sophisticated enough that they understand the difference between uh, the first and the second. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that obviously, you know, the degen movement and kind of this gamified DeFi, you know, is full of kind of like pseudonymous and anonymous characters. And, you know, I think that, you know, a number of folks have been rug pulled. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily feel like a long term thing. Right. And, and I think that, you know, it, it does become this kind of game of kind of fast dumping game right so it, it you know that 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 it, we are seeing kind of the result the tail end of it you know and i do think that long-term investors and people who are you know trying to prop up this space properly by adding value to the ecosystem you know like i think that is that is a thing you know but obviously you know short-termness is is also a real thing uh it, you know time horizon like time value yeah. of money Totally. And, and anonymous teams are, are fine. Like our, our friend Satoshi is anonymous. Huh. Uh, and what, what I like about uh, anonymous teams is that it forces you to evaluate the product for itself with no bias. You don't know who's on the other end, uh, who, who the creator is, right? And so all your biases and all your isms, right? Your racism, your sexism, all of that stuff is completely mute. Um, because no, no one knows who, who published it. And there's something something cool about that. Um, the only thing is you don't have a right to say, trust me. If you're not putting your face on it, if you're not you know, willing to have a reputational hit from a rug pool, uh, then you don't get to say, trust me. Yeah, that's a, you, you that, but that's that, right? that's pretty salient, right? Like, I mean, you know, I would rather receive investment advice from Blue Kirby than from John McAfee, for example, <laughs> you know, so, so, uh, so I think I think your point is is well made, uh, you know, but but at the same time, I did find myself on Twitter getting into like, I felt actually pretty self stupid after doing this, my IQ <laughs> maybe dropped by 10 points, but I got in an argument uh, on some an anonymous kind of uh, appeared to be some kind of weird starfish character on Twitter, because they made an assertion that DeFi was not going to be regulated. And, and, you know, they were like, don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. So I, so I, you know, so I started arguing with them. And after a couple of tweets down the line, I started 
being like, why am I even bothering with this? This is really ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's like, this is a cartoon character like that, that, you know, that shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. but, but it's great. It's great to kind of see this level of innovation. I mean, for me, the thing that I'm excited about is if you look at the evolution of a lot of great products, a lot of great products are the result of time and market with good teams, you know, and when I think about your origins, uh, you know, not to put a pun on there, you know, it, it like this idea of a marketplace and the idea of kind of doing commerce, it, you know, it always harkens back to the kind of his, history of like Laszlo buying a $10,000 uh, Papa John's pizzas, you know, uh, he got, I always like to tell people that he got two pizzas, right? So it's, it's, it's actually not as bad, bad as it's you. not as bad as it sounds. It's, 50% better. Yes. It's, it's, it's vastly bigger. Right? So, but my point, my point that I like to make though, is that what you're doing in some ways is that coming from that background, you're also kind of contemplating you know, this idea of volatile assets being kind of a, a drag on commerce, on a drag on transactional activity, right? So the question that's so interesting about the design of OUSD for me is that it's something that has a really novel quality of both a hybrid kind of like stable e-commerce mechanism, but also one that kind of produces yield using this kind of very novel mechanic. So I'm, I'm very happy to see, you know, this is stuff that you're not going to be able to see you know, in, in, uh, you know, without, without really, uh, in market innovation. So really, really appreciate it. It's so interesting to see. Yeah. And that, and that, um, that background really is, is how we, we got excited about stable coins. Um, we were trying to build marketplaces for, um, people to buy and sell anything and sell in, in one case or if you have a, either of a buyer or of a seller is going to get screwed. Um, we're yeah. trying to, you know, if you're doing like an Airbnb type marketplace where someone makes a reservation for to stay in your apartment a month from now, I, I don't know if the price of Ethereum is going to be higher or lower than it is today, but it's certainly not going to be the same as what it is today. And so, so someone's getting screwed. Uh, and so this is really where we started thinking about stable coins of like, you, you know, we want all of the benefits of cryptocurrency. It's fast, it's free. You don't have to wait three days for it to transfer. It's instantly global. Um, all of these benefits of, of crypto are great, but we don't want the price to fluctuate all over the place. And so, you know, uh, today more value is transferred on Tether than on Bitcoin, which is which is just mind blowing uh, to me. Um, but I think it speaks to, to the size of the opportunity here. Uh, what we're doing with um, and, and by the way, what we're doing on, on marketplaces and, and e-commerce is still going strong. So our D-Shop product is continuing to grow. Uh, we're adding more and more partners for Tell that. People are running. That. Tell me a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so we have uh, D-Shop, which is um, basically think of it as a decentralized Shopify competitor. It's running on a completely decentralized stack on IPFS and Ethereum. And you can run your own store, uh, and lots of people are doing it. If you want to see a, a quick example, you can go to store.brave.com. Uh, they're using it to sell a bunch of merchandise, uh, and you can see how that works. And you can pay with BAT uh, or any stable coins or OUSD is now accepted on all of these stores. And so we have hundreds of these stores that are now accepting OUSD as uh, a payment method. And as a merchant, Think about what you're used to. You're used to paying, you know, 2.9% and 30 cents of credit card fees every time someone makes a, a transaction. And now with, with OUSD, we've flipped it. 
So instead of you having to pay a fee to receive money, now the money shows up in your wallet and you instantly start earning interest on it. So as a merchant, it's it's the ideal currency that you would rather, you know, you who wouldn't rather be paid in OUSD uh, than a credit card. And so for anyone who wants to sell stuff uh, online, this is a, a much easier way to um, to receive payments, especially uh, if you're you know selling to a crypto audience. I love that. So um, <clears throat> pre OUSD, like what were the chief selling points of using your system as opposed to using something like a Shopify or using something that's more traditional? Yeah. So you know, one of the one of the first things is just um, the fees, right? So most e-commerce platforms take like Shopify take huge fees uh, for uh, from the merchants. Um, our platform is free; it's open source. Anyone can, can use it. Um, second, second thing is just censorship resistance. We've seen lots of different stores get banned or shut down. Um, they, you know, they have um, strict rules around uh, what you can and can't sell. Uh, and since ours is is open source, it's running on the blockchain. Uh, there are no limitations on on what you can do uh, with that code yourself. Um, and then it's instantly global. So uh, you got two billion people on this planet who are unbanked, and we can serve all of those people. Um, people can now people can buy and sell in a global market. Uh, and all you need is a smartphone and you can have access to, to buy and, and sell with people anywhere in the world. Uh, and so these are the things that, that really differentiate our product from um, you know, the other players that are out there uh, in the market. That's exciting. And what I'd love to get are maybe some numbers if you're willing to share. Like, you know, I'd say that I'm interested both in the kind of uh, e-commerce uh, merchants numbers, you know, and I'm also interested in kind of understanding numbers around OUSD if you're, if you're willing to Give us a, a peek. Sure. So we have hundreds of stores um, that are running uh, D shops. Um, there's we've got a, a bunch of uh, logos on our website. You can go to dshop.originprotocol.com. You can check that out. You can see some of the live stores we have. Uh, we're working with a lot of uh, big players in the crypto space. Uh, a lot of names you would know. Um, people like like Brave, like I mentioned, yep. or Kyber. Um, Solana running their store uh, with us. So a lot of household nail names, particularly in, in the uh, DeFi space, uh, and there's a lot more in the pipeline that are, are coming online soon. So um, the team is cranking really hard and, and making uh, really good progress on both um, all of the features of making it you know, just as, as powerful and easy to use as, as any of the competitors. Actually, I'd argue it's is better and, and faster and easier to use than, than a lot of the competitors. Um, and one, one thing that's worth mentioning as well is we also accept credit card payments on DShop. Uh, right. And this was like a big, you know, we sort of struggled with it a little bit because it's, you know, we're in crypto, our whole thing is crypto. But for so many of the merchants we talked to, even, even crypto companies, they said, we have to be able yeah. to accept uh, credit it's, cards. It's, right? it's the right decision. Yeah, very, very good. Um, and, and so we and so we see that. Um, and, and that made a, a, a huge difference and it's, it's made it uh, a very viable platform for uh, people who want to see crypto be successful, who, who believe in this space long term, but are also pragmatic about the fact that today it, a lot of times it's just easier to pull out your credit card than to you know pull, open up MetaMask and, and deal with all of that. 
Yeah, yeah, that that makes a ton of sense, and it's it's very powerful. Uh, and and what about numbers around OUSD adoption to date? It's I know it's brand new, so it, it is brand new. I think there's TVL is around four hundred thousand dollars right now. Right. Um, but we're you know we're sort of being careful. You know, we're we're telling people like the contracts have not been audited yet. Um, so we're we're intentionally telling people to be careful. Please, you know, check it out, play with it, review the code. Um, we'd love for you to buy some and participate, um, but we're not, you know, don't, you know, we're not quite ready to tell Test, people testing in production, testing in production, yeah, exactly. <laughs> testing in production. Um, like eminent, please be, yeah, please be, please be careful. Uh, tra- trailer bits are going to be auditing our contracts oh, this month. Great. Uh, so we have that lined up. And so once that audit comes back, um, we have two thumbs up, we'll be, uh, promoting it a lot harder, and we expect you know our TVL to to increase. Yeah, I like um, Trail of Bits a lot. I was talking with Dan over there, and like it's it, they have a very very kind of deep and three sixty view of like cybersecurity as well as smart contract security. So I I, I think they're very uh, I like the approach. It's very reputable. Yeah, that's why we we worked with them before auditing our marketplace contracts. Uh, we're working with them again. They're great to work with. Um, and, and it's exactly what you said. They're not just Solidity auditors. Yeah, they're they have a much more holistic view of security, uh, and understand where how all the different pieces fit together. And a lot of times, the vulnerabilities come from complex systems or send the UI and the way it interacts with some something else. And and so they have they have a really good uh, holistic view of it. Um, we also like the fact that we've been auditing pretty much all of the major platforms in DeFi. Uh, and so since OUSD is using all of these money Legos of all these other different platforms, uh, it helps a lot that we don't have to, you know, we don't have to dig in and, and figure out how Compound works, right? The audited those contracts, they understand it deeply. Uh, and so it saves them a lot of time and they can get up to speed a lot faster. Yeah, I think your uh, the systems view is super crucial for something like this. I I, I do appreciate their their mindset. Uh, so one of the things I really love about what you've done here is it's so interesting to contemplate, right? Because uh, one of the things that that has to be contemplated is looking at things like the value of Bitcoin relative to the value of something like USD. Right. And the theoretical construct from our friend Satoshi, who is a pseudonymous guy, is that <laughs> like the theoretical construct is that, uh, you know, a, a long term, eventually uh, people argue. I mean, at the moment, Bitcoin is, in fact, seemingly or apparently inflationary. Right. But like at some point with people losing Bitcoins, that the rate of minting and the rate asymptotically will will approach deflationary. Right. So the point being that if if all fiat currencies are massively inflationary and then Bitcoin is is mildly deflationary or mildly, mildly inflationary or stable either way. Right. What you should see is you should see expansion of the value of Bitcoin relative to the value of something like a USD. Right. So so that's kind of the the base thesis around something like a Bitcoin, right? So to me, the thing that's fascinating is what you're providing is a stable coin, quote unquote, but a stable coin that actually pegs to the dollar, but at the same time kind of has this crypto reflective nature, right? That you're actually kind of like absorbing the yield benefit of the greater crypto sphere as a function of this, right? So the thing that's so funny about it is, is that you get both properties, right? Because the thing that's so funny is, is that if you have a so-called stable coin pegged to the dollar, right? 
in theory, you're actually kind of losing value, right? Like, so, you know, one of the, I think uh, it was Jameson Lopp that said on Twitter that uh, Bitcoin isn't a get rich quick scheme. It's a don't get poor slowly scheme. Right? <laughs> and so, so, right? so, so it's such a funny and fascinating and beneficial hybrid, I think, that you've created, right? Because the crypto should be in a relativistic term, right? Because people keep saying like Bitcoin can't just keep going up in price infinitely. You know, and what I keep telling them is, is you're using a ruler that's shrinking, you know, so if you're, right. if, if you're using right. the dollar as a ruler, so if, if the ruler keeps getting smaller right. and smaller, the object you're measuring will appear to be getting larger infinitely. And it's kind of like, no, no, that's, that's not actually what's happening. Right. So the thing that's so cool about OUSD in my mind is that, is that you've captured the energy of this expansion because it's really just the expansion of having a counterweight to government money printing, not to be a Bitcoin maximalist, but just just giving you a sense of like a, a different way of looking at, at the achievement. I, I love exactly how you described that, right? I think um, it is one of the, the, the cool characteristics of OUSD is it gives you a little bit of um, protection against inflation uh, for you know, it, it was sort of an irony of uh, launching a stable coin, a US denoted stable coin is I'm not particularly bullish on fiat and, and dollars right now. Uh, how could you be when the Fed is printing trillions of dollars uh, like there's no tomorrow? Uh, uh, and so, you know, that, that being said, there's still a huge use for, um, for Tether, right? There's still huge use for uh, dollars. Uh, and so the question is, is like, how do we have the utility of, uh, a US dollar backed coin, but have those protections against all of that incoming uh, um, inflation. And, and you, you, I think you hit the nail uh, right on the head. It's not that, uh, it's not necessarily that the price of Bitcoin's going up, it's that we're, we're measuring it in devalued dollars. Yeah, I, I, so I appreciate I appreciate that. And I think the thing that's super interesting to contemplate too is when you look at the, the Fed Open Market Committee and, and what uh, Powell has been saying is he's consistently be saying that we're, we're going to hold the prime rate at zero, right? Until we see 2% inflation, right? So he's actually, he's asking for it, right? He's, he's like, I wanna see it. And, and we're not, you know, it, like the, they're not going to leave until they see the inflation, right? Like, right? Like that—that's what they want, right? They're—they're—they're they're, they're begging for it, right? And and it, given the context of the banking system, that's what they should be doing. I don't be—I don't—I don't begrudge them that. But that being said, then what we should contemplate is we should contemplate that a something like a two percent, like a risk, like. You could almost look at it as a baseline risk-free two percent yield, right? Now I, I realize that's a it's a little sketchy for me to be saying, but I'm going <laughs> to claim that that effect over time should produce a, a risk-free two percent yield, right? I, I mean, you know, maybe a, being a little bit facetious, right? Because obviously there's all kinds of risks that aren't factored into that. But what I'm really talking about is like everyone needs to understand the, the balance between yield and risk, you know. And I think the thing that I like about your approach is, is that, you know, first of all, like transparency, second of all, automation, you know, but I would also say that, you know, you don't seem to be particularly ambitious about these kind of like, uh, degen yields, you know, and, and, you know, pushing the frontiers of risk with kind of potentially valueless governance tokens. So, I, Again, which, that's, that's going to be up to the liquidity, right? yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be up to the community, right, on what the right mix is. Um, you know, my guess is that we want, you know, we want our yields to be higher than what they are right now. Right now, um, they're, they're fairly modest. Um, what do they look and, like? Uh, so, so right now, the advertised rate is 2.9% uh, or somewhere, so, yes, around 2 or 3%. That's fine. Um, but, the, the, you know, the actual yield is actually a, a bit higher because our uh, APY calculators uh, needs to be updated. Uh, so we're actually closer to to somewhere around seven percent in in reality, wow. uh, and there's room to get into double digits without having to do you know anything too crazy. I, I think a metric for us is like how do we, um, you know, how do we use audited contracts that have been around for you know a number of uh, a certain amount of time uh, that have hundreds of millions of dollars of of capital and. That doesn't mean they're risk-free, but it, it certainly makes me feel a lot better about uh, encouraging, say, my parents to put, you know, part of their money in OUSD uh, and feel good that, you know, the, the building blocks we're using to provide this yield uh, are probably pretty, pretty safe strategies. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that is always... It's always relative. Yield is always relative, right? So, I mean, if you look at yield, like if you look at the yields that you're describing, like they're fantastic because you have to compare them to things like uh, United States savings account, you know, and obviously like there may be FDIC insurance or not, but like, you know, at the end of the day, like your bank isn't going to give you anywhere close to that. And, you know, Tether is not going to give you anything. So like, you know, right. it's, it's right, infinity, right, right. it's infinity percent more yield than Tether or USDC. <laughs> so like, it's it's a thing like you know you should right, deal, right, deal right, with right. it deal with it so that's that's the way i would say it so so you know i don't think you should be you know going all degen with this thing <laughs> yeah I, I think number one we we don't want to lose anyone's money right that that's rule number one yeah uh and uh you know we're, we we for better for worse have uh, a community that trusts us uh and we, and we take that responsibility very seriously we don't want to um you know, have have people uh, part their money with us and and have something go wrong. So, um, yeah, we, it's it's serious stuff. I think there's a lot of uh, cavalier behavior, uh, and among the DJs in particular. And um, yeah, I think some some of that. You know, unfortunately, people are going to get burned. People have already been rug pulled and and sort of learned the hard way. Um, you know, the dangers of of just throwing your money blindly into a smart contract that you know has been live on on the blockchain for. 30 minutes uh, and finding out what can what can go wrong. Yeah, yeah like eminence. So a uh, quick question exactly. around uh, the origin uh, sort of token, right? So like how, how do you, how are you viewing that these days? And what, what do you think kind of the future is uh, with respect to that? Yeah, I, I've never been more bullish for origin token and what we're doing for that. We just did a, a buyback. Uh, I don't know if you saw that news, but we, that was, that was well received. Wow. Um, so Wonderful. that's yeah, no, it was, it was, it was well received. Um, yeah, so we're, we're we're super bullish on the future of OGN. Uh, it's going to play a, a, an important role in the governance of uh, OUSD, um, and so we're we're looking forward to sharing all the details about that and exactly how it's going to work. Uh, but our community's been asking for staking and wanting more details on this, and so. Uh, all of that's going to be coming out uh, really soon. Wow. Wow. That's great. I, I'm super excited to hear that. Uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, like my fund is invested in, in 
origin. So, you know, I think thank you. Yeah. yeah, of course. I, you know, and we trust you and you've been doing a great job. So, you know, really, really Thanks. appreciate it. Uh, fantastic uh, innovation. So I'm, I'm really excited to try it out and, uh, you know, look forward to more. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye.